All right, enough about my life. Let's give out some nice awards. Thank you. I know. I don't know what this is. All right, this first award for this fucking guy. All right, everybody, welcome in. I hope you're ready. Uh, we're Matt and Bob. We're here to pod. You're listening to the Analysis. High stakes today, Bob. We're locking in our Oscar picks for the Oscar bet. You better you be feel? ready, you chicken sex and bucket shit and son of a bitch. You're going to be shitting in buckets and fucking chickens. That's what you're going to be doing. It's a huge I'm making day. all the right picks. Hey, right. I'm making all the right picks, I hope. I hope I didn't sink myself two months ago. <laughs> yeah, right? This Sunday is, of course, the most who gives a shit of the Oscars. Mm. The 93rd who gives a bucket shit? Running, <laughs> the 93rd running of the ceremony. No host. Again, uh, I think it's going to be in person down in downtown L.A., so not at the uh, Dolby Theater or the TCL Theater now. Um yeah, a lot of changes. Steven Soderbergh is producing the ceremony, so that could be kind of cool. Uh, maybe, hopefully, he does something different with it. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what uh, what someone of his caliber could possibly bring, but well, hopefully we get some cool uh, montages. Uh, those are always kind of yeah. fun. I like uh, just when they honor honor the films that are good. Seeing as Soderbergh did Contagion, maybe there'll be a lot of close-ups of people holding the wine glass or the exchange <laughs> of different opportunities to pass deadly viruses yeah he's not interested in the ceremony at all or really covering the awards or the speeches he just wants to get little intercuts of people <laughs> touching glasses shaking hands <laughs> oh my god george clooney's eating out of the bar nuts it's spreading again and just to quickly lay down the parameters of what we're doing here so right so there's 23 picks each one is worth one point except for our locked in uh, picks for Best Actress, uh, which we'll get to a bit later, where we get three points yeah. if our locked-in pick is right. Uh, that's the only so one we we're playing with different. today. I mean, I know that we both yeah, locked in Yeah, we don't do, soul, like, a but... Best Picture is worth more than some of these. It's, it's about a well-rounded ballot. And so it's, you know, each mm -hmm. one, that's why we get nitty-gritty into those shorts, the documentary shorts and the live-action shorts and et cetera. But... And so every year we do a bet for those who may be joining us just for the first time. A couple years ago, I had to do the Roma nude joust choreography. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. I had a nude bodysuit. It wasn't my actual penis flopping around, but it was a it was at <laughs> least a bodysuit, and I shot it in black and white, and I did the best I could. And then uh, that was me losing the Oscar bet last year, and then la uh, or excuse me, two years ago, and then last year. Matt lost, mm -hmm. and he had to sing Being Alive after drinking eight whiskey sours, which eight is... Eight whiskey sours! Which is a... I don't recommend it. ...to uh, Adam Driver singing Being Alive and Marriage Story. But it was at an actual karaoke bar where people were having fun mm -hmm. and weren't New York City music theater turds, and <laughs> it was a total record screech. Yeah, uh, which, which was also very embarrassing. So this year, to do a nod to Nomadland, the loser has to shit in a bucket. 
which is also a nod to Minari, where one of the characters is referenced as being a bucket shitter. So, <laughs> yes, yeah, so a lot of bucket shitting in this year's uh, Oscar nominees. Nomadland, obviously, people out on the road, uh, living out of vans, and kind of making do with uh, packing out their waste. You know, leave no trace and pack it out. All that stuff. So, uh, yeah, we're gonna. The loser has to go into a field with a bucket of their choosing. There's actually a lot of like living like van life buckets for for there's a lot of yeah practical buckets that you can even buy on amazon which is featured in nomadland yeah um they look fairly comfortable uh i'm definitely not (laughs) i definitely don't want to lose this year (laughs) mostly because i would just love to see you have to (laughs) squat down over a bucket in a field naked (laughs) um anyway a lot at stake here i don't even know where i would do this uh, all right, cool. Well, let's dive right in. A lot to get through um, in no real particular order, but let's start with uh, best visual effects and go from there. Okay. Um, I, uh, I have the nominees here. Um, we got Tenet, The Midnight Sky, Mulan, Love and Monsters, The One and Only Ivan. You see all these? I've not seen The One and Only Ivan. I actually haven't seen many of these. But I am thinking back to our time at the only theater experience I had this year, which was an actual theater experience. And I'm thinking of a movie that didn't really make a lot of sense. We spent a lot of time trying to just figure out what the purpose of the movie was and the plot of the movie. But there was some really cool things where buildings exploded and then reassembled themselves all in what seemed to be the same visual effect so Mm -hmm. my instinct was to go with tenant here on my ballot yeah i have tenant as well i was kind of blown away visually by this and this is a visual awards uh the viewing experience was an interesting one if you can uh, remember the scene in a clockwork orange where his eyes are forcibly peeled open that's really the only way to experience this yeah (laughs) and then and then you got to immediately watch it again to to know kind of what you saw but uh yeah, for all its faults and, and whatever you think about it, I think the visual effects are astounding. Um, I don't really see anything else. Midnight Sky was lame. Love and Monsters, the monsters were cool, but but minimal. I, I don't know. I don't, well, then I don't know how you Mulan can Mulan was very CG, which typically yeah. this is... I, I think this likes to award practical and creative effects as well. And mm-hmm. Mulan was cool, I guess. I just I don't remember much of besides CGI in it. Yeah. All right, well, let's move on to Best Sounds. We're, we're both in on Tenet. So the nominees for Best Sound, we've got Greyhound, that Apple Plus movie with uh, Tom Hanks, Mank, News of the World, Soul, and Sound of Metal. Um, I assume you're going Sound of Metal. You assume correct. So we seem to be in lockstep so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, sound of Metal is one of the best examples I can ever think of in a movie I've seen with sound. And if you guys are looking for further analysis on us, I think we both called this the moment we watched this movie back over the winter, but just putting you in the driver's seat of what it's like to lose your hearing. And I just think it was so creative. And I think that they got the details and you could feel the specificity and you could, you could really see what they were trying to accomplish with the sound. Even in the beginning when he had hearing and you could hear those little coffee drips and all, and then obviously what they were able to do later. 
with the implant, the cochlear implant, but I just, oh, God, it was yeah, incredible. incredible. It's honestly like just the sound editing alone is worth the trip. And you know, that's not even to say Riz Ahmed's performance. I know. Yeah. A lot to like about this movie. Uh, I think it's uh, got a, a little bit overlooked and now it's kind of catching steam with people that have come around to it a bit late. But yeah, I mean, previous winners of this award, you know, like uh, creating the lightsaber effect and stuff like that, like sound effect creation. And that's all really cool and iconic, but no, in no other sort of film can I think of like being so immersed because of what, how were they able to kind of create this sound of, of something that, I don't know, how do you even put that into uh practice? How do you, kind of verbalize what you want to achieve mm-hmm. it's like oh, i want to i want to create the experience of, of someone that's losing their hearing uh how, what does that sound like i mean it's yeah. incredible can i give a quick shout out to somebody anna trupiano is a friend of ours from the cmu improv days but she also is a teacher for uh, deaf t- children she's a she's a sign language and she's a, a grade school teacher for deaf children and she had texted me about this movie as well because yeah so first she was like hey i kind of liked the sign language element in kong versus godzilla (laughs) so and i was like okay but you know really where where the use of um you know hearing and and that type of journey i thought was done on best display with sound of metal and she went on and on about uh just the plot of the movie as well but the how accurate this was done. So even from people that are directly within that circle, I think it's uh, this is a, a huge achievement. So just a quick shout yeah. out to that. Yeah, awesome. Um, we're going to the shorts. We'll do uh, okay. we'll live action and animated. We'll save a documentary for a little bit later. Okay. But uh, yeah, so um, I haven't seen all of these. Have you? Did you, did you download the, the ticket pass for the shorts? Yes, I did. Okay, cool. So when people are watching the ceremony and they go, who the fuck watches these shorts? Matt and I, loser film nerds who get into their Oscar ballot, watch the shorts. So well, you watch the them when the when the when the yeah you watch them when the stakes are this high. Yes, correct. When you have to shit in a bucket in a field, you're gonna watch the shorts. I'll spend an hour and a half watching shorts. So Matt and I, uh, there for nine ninety nine on Amazon, you can watch a. a great deal of these the ones that are not already on netflix so there's a couple that i watched on netflix of the live action and the animated shorts but most of these you can buy for a 9.99 ticket oh they have an amazon package oh cool. they have an amazon package because you can also go to shorts.tv and for 30 bucks watch all of them short live action animated and documentary but i didn't know that they were on amazon um but yeah there is so the smart money might be, you know, people have access to the Netflix ones, uh, just go there. Um, but we'll see how you've kind of worked your ballot here. Yeah. The nominees are Feeling Through, The Letter Room, The Present, Two Distant Strangers, which is on Netflix, and White Eye. Uh, where are you going here, Bob? So do you mind if I take a second and just kind of walk through some of these? Because I think it would be beneficial. A lot of people haven't seen them. I think the two distant strangers is going to win. Netflix, the production quality is very high, and it's about police brutality on black people, which is very timely. Yeah, it's also like a Groundhog Day sort of telling yeah. of that. It's that live, die, repeat, that, that uh, Groundhog's Day, or you know, yeah. name one of the movies that are like that. And it's got a really clear message. Obviously, it's super timely. 
It's on Netflix, so it has a ton of visibility. That's why I think it'll win. But with that said, Oscar Isaac is in the letter room. Yeah. And he plays a police officer or a corrections facility officer that has to read the letters or scan the letters to see if there's any sort of foul play or contraband. And he ends up kind of getting engrossed in the human story of some of these death row inmates. And I think it's really well done. It's actually done by his wife. And it was yeah. it was really good. And then the one I really liked, and in most other years I would have picked, was The Present. And that is a uh, Arab man, and it's kind of at the this like Palestine uh, checkpoint, but he's going to buy his, his wife a fridge and just all the struggles of this day that he had to buy his wife this present uh, while dealing with these soldiers and kind of that Arab-Palestinian conflict happening. Uh, I thought that was actually pretty thrilling for a 15-minute documentary short. And then there's the, the White Eyes is fantastic as well. And so, I mean, these are all really, really strong movies. The White Eyes is about a guy who believes his bike was stolen a month ago. And he sees the bike on the street and starts to confront this man who's uh, in Israel. He's a, a an illegal. And the, the guy's like, I didn't steal your bike. I didn't steal your bike. I promise I bought it a week ago. It's for my daughter. I, it's, we don't have a car. It's how I get my daughter around town. And we don't, you know, there's like this human element of it. And it's, it's really, really good. So, I mean, all of these are really strong. I really, really liked the present but I think that two distant strangers will win. So what's what's going on in your ballot? Two, two distant, distant strangers. strangers. Yeah. All right. Um, I've I've watched the trailers to these. I'm actually I'm really excited to go back and watch the letter room. Two distant strangers was cool. I I I didn't love the acting in it. The um, acting of the cop and the girl were terrible. Yeah, very very bad. Um, I'm I'm gonna put letter room on my ballot on the strength of Oscar Isaac. And I'm kind of excited to go back and uh, and actually watch it. Yeah, but... I think you'll really like it. I, I I thoroughly enjoyed most of these. I actually think Two Distant Strangers is third string in terms of my connection with it. But I just think it's very timely and Oscar-y. And the production value is really high. Yeah, it, so. and it's also, um, uh, its exposure is high. Uh, people, you know, instead of, you know, because these voters are actually, you know, it's it's not a given that they've seen everything. Uh, yeah. especially in this year. So they actually do have to log into a, some portal and they can watch all the nominees if they're part of the Academy. I think most people will have seen the Netflix one and just be checking off the box. But I don't know, maybe Oscar Isaac kind of changes that narrative. All right, anyway, so moving on to uh, what do we got? Short uh, animation, yeah. So Burrow from the Pixar. Uh, and then we got uh, Genius Loki. If anything happens, I love you, which you can find on Netflix. Opera, a uh, South Korean um, animation, and then Yes People. Um, I've only seen two of these, Burrow and If Anything Happens, I Love You. Um, although Opera, I've seen the trailer for and looks incredible. Opera's awesome. Yeah. Opera is electric. I've watched it three times. I went yeah. back and watched it over because there's always something new to see. It's really hard to explain, but it's this, basically the set is this triangle that the camera pans or the the focus pans like up and down on and it's like this descent into madness from the people at the top of the triangle are these obviously like 
uh, elites or privileged and then you know it descends that that's farther down the triangle you go it descends into kind of this depravity and madness and there's this uprising and it's it's really hard to explain um but it's you know all these it, it's basically just shadowy figures and it's this representation of the world and it's uh, it's done to this really cool score it's really really cool yeah, no, it looks awesome. By all accounts, it's like the most impressive, but harder, hardest to see. Um, so be curious. Well, what are you putting down on your ballot? So the most emotionally impactful to me was If Anything Happens, I Love You. Because I actually did start to well up during If Anything Happens, I Love You, which is yeah, about same. a grieving family, uh, two grieving parents over... Uh, their daughter dying and as the 15 minutes unfold you find out what was the cause of her death and uh it's also about healing and reconciliation and it's it's really really strong yeah it's hard for me to pick between that and opera but i i'm gonna go with the emotional impact and also it has some relevance to current events as well so i'm gonna go if anything happens i love you yeah i'm gonna put that down as well um so we're both we're both in lockstep there. Um, opera uh, could be an, a fun little upset, though, if if enough people have seen it to vote for it. It by all accounts, it's like the it's like the best uh, achievement. It's in really animation. cool. Yeah, I just the other one has more to say. I guess opera is just kind of interesting. It reminds uh, me of like an avant garde dance production. Yeah. You know, we, we used to, you, you guys have all probably seen those in your college or university, but those kind of odd, quirky, metaphorical dances, that's what it reminds me of in a weird way, or like a Jill Taff Kaufman play. Something, something you'd see like an A.J. Patton starring in. Yeah, A.J. Patton would definitely try to audition at least. Uh, all right, well, let's move on to uh, best original song, probably the worst category at the Oscars. They gotta get um, rid of it. It sucks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, unless you get like a shallow, which is such a huge part of a film, and uh, yeah, happens to be a song. Give as that well. just like a, an honorary award. May, like, maybe hey, this was really awesome. Here's your honorary song award. Hey, or or let's just have them perform it at the Oscar ceremony. We don't need to award. I mean, li this list is ridiculous. But all right, so the uh, let's go to. Um, I mean, so the nominees we got here: One Night Miami, Speak Now, The Life Ahead, um, Scene. Uh, Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Fire Saga. Uh, <laughs> did you see that movie? Yeah, it's so dumb. It's so stupid. <laughs> and that song was so dumb, too. Yeah, I bet. I mean, just like another one of those Will Ferrell, uh, like the, the skating movie or whatever, all those ones he's done. Blades of Glory. Yeah. yeah. Judas and the Black Messiah, Fight for You. I think that plays over the ending credits. Um, I, I thought that was really cool. And then Trial of Chicago 7, Hear My Voice. Uh, where are you going with here? So I was caught between two or three here. I um, was looking at Speak Now because it's Leslie Odom Jr. and I love him. But then I liked the Hear My Voice a little more. So um, I, it's, I went with Hear My Voice, the Chicago 7. Yeah, okay. Uh, I'm going to go Speak Now, just okay. uh, Leslie Odom, uh, the, the Hamilton love. Um and he he was great in that movie and you know him as uh I oh got blanking Sam Sam Cook was the yeah Sam Cook right of course um yeah so that I mean that song isn't in the film right speak now I think 
because the the song he plays at the end of the film is actually a Sam Cooke song. So, mm-hmm. uh, all right. Well, so we'll move on to best original score. Bit more of a prestige category here. Um, the nominees are Soul, Mank, Minari. The Five Bloods and News of the World. So you got Trent Reznor nominated twice here for Soul and Mank. Um, both awesome. I uh, and completely different. I'm gonna go Soul yeah. on this one. Soul was really cool. It was more Reznery than the other one was. Anytime Reznor is on the ballot, I'm going Reznor. But this the mm-hmm. Soul score was so interesting to set that mood right. That otherworldly type. You know, falling through dimensions. I I thought that that was a intoxicating score. So yeah, I I'm gonna and go pl- soul as well. So and plus it also it also uh, includes um uh you know like the uh, John Baptiste like the jazz stuff. Uh, so he's also nominated alongside Reznor and, At- and Atticus. Um, but yeah, I think that's uh seems like that is probably locked in. So what we got next? Well, let's go makeup and then we'll do hairstyling. Um, okay. So we got uh, makeup and hairstyling nominees: uh, Emma, Hillbilly Elegy, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Mank, and Pinocchio. Where are you going here? Uh, there's two that are at the front of the list here: Hillbilly Elegy with the work that they did on. Glenn Close, mm-hmm. and then there's Ma Rainey's Black Bottom with the work that they're doing on Viola Davis. I think everyone hates Hillbilly Elegy, and everybody loves Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. So with that, I'm going to go Ma Rainey. Uh, I'll go Ma-, Ma Rainey as well. It looks like this is kind of where they're going to award this film in, in this category, uh, and then maybe, but we'll maybe we'll see later on. But uh, best actor, I think, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the acting awards, and then kind of looks like the uh, the hair and makeup. Um, with that in mind, uh, let's go to costume design. Ooh. So here we got, uh, similar nominees. We got Emma, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Mank, Mulan, and Pinocchio. I'm gonna do Ma Rainey again here. Okay. Um, Emma was kind of, I mean, did that come out a bit later before the pandemic or something? You know, because not a lot of people saw that. It's a very, it's a costume drama. Those, they love to award those sort of movies. Um, but Ma Rainey is much more on like the voters' minds, I think. So I'm going to go Ma Rainey. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, I mean, because these technical awards, right? It seems that they're, that's, that's a place that they're celebrating a lot of Ma Rainey. Or th- it's tough not to say Mank because it was. I think the the design of the movie was really strong. Mm-hmm. Like I think the production design, and that's tipping my hat to where I'm going with production design. But you know, just the the costuming as well. You just don't get to see the colors as much. Like Ma Rainey, obviously, is the colors. But also, there was just like there was one costume for each character. It was it was all takes place in a couple hours. Right. So I think I'm gonna go Mank here. Okay. And, you know, Mulan, they, they've awarded that type of movie a lot. So I don't know if, if it's anything different than some of the other movies that have come before it. But Mank, I'm, I think, was, was interesting. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll Mank. All right, cool. And also, I don't think it's going to really get much. So this is the opportunity for it to win. Yeah. Yeah, that's not a bad shout there. Um, okay, cool. Well, let's do a fun one here. International feature film. Uh, yes. 
I, I think we're gonna say the same. Yeah, one exactly. Too. So, um, have you seen most of these or no? Actually, I'm. I've only seen another round. We got the nominees are gonna be another round from Denmark, Better Days from Hong Kong, Collective from Romania, The Man Who Sold His Skin Tunisia, and Quevadis Aida, uh, Bosnia and mm-hmm. Herzegovina. Nailed it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm sure that's wrong, but. Um, yeah, another round. What a fu- what a fun movie! This is one of my favorite movies of the year. So go see another round. Yeah, we did a podcast on it. Go back and find that podcast. Watch that movie. It's so fun. The fact that the director is also nominated for best director makes this a lock. Yeah, but it is such a cool movie. If you don't know what another round is, I've been talking about it a lot at virtual dinner parties. But it's about a group of men in Denmark that are testing a theory that the optimal way of life is with zero or point zero six blood alcohol content. Yeah, which I agree and with. they yeah, and it, it makes you more open to music and art and conversation and relaxed and blah 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 blah. But it's uh, so they start to experiment and obviously take it a step further and a step further until it becomes chaotic, but it is it's a very interesting watch and it also gets very human at times. It's it's a great movie. So And also Locked in. What a Life, the song that plays at the end. What a cool moment and what a Yeah. What a great song. Absolutely. Um yeah. That's we're, you know, we're worthy of nominating that or for score or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. All right, cool. Let's go to let's do film editing here. Okay. So this one, this one's gonna be tough, I think. So the nominees: The Father, Nomad Land, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, Trial of the Chicago Seven. Interesting to note that Chloe Zhao did her own editing and cinematography and directing. And it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, incredible and also adapting. So she did absolutely everything with this movie. Um, where where are you going here? I mean, uh, I I feel like I feel like the f- this is our category because we did interview over the last year two editors. Yeah, I know Paul Hirsch and Billy Weber. So we should be able to between the two of us get this right, correct? I, Otherwise, Billy's gonna come find us. I swear. Yeah, see, I don't know because like the the odds on favorite are looking like Sound of Metal and Trial of Chicago Seven, but I. I think I haven't seen the father. I've heard that that's the editing is some of the best work there, and obviously okay. along with the acting. But uh, Nomadland, I I would, I would because the pacing of it, um, and you can say maybe that's mostly directing, but I would go Nomadland if it was me voting. But I'm gonna pick Sound of Metal to win. Interesting. And Sound of Metal is interesting because they did an editing award for Whiplash. So the Whiplash, I think, was winning, and that was all, like, drum editing as well. Yeah. But once they get out of the drum stuff, like, what in the movie, editing-wise, is... I'm going to actually go with just the way that things are intertwined and just the process of the movie of Trial 7. The editing was was a big star there, and it also won the Eddies. Trial of Chicago 7 won the Eddies. Yeah. Which our friend Paul Hirsch said doesn't always mean you win the Oscar, but... I'm going with trial seven. So we are diverging a little bit on these ballots here now in the text. Yeah. So you've okay. got sound of metal. I'm going trial seven. I would like to see trial seven, seven. I, I mean, that was, uh, behind Nomadland was like one of my, like probably my second favorite movie, mostly for nostalgia reasons, you know, having been involved with the production in, in college. But, uh, I thought the movie was great. And, and similar to Mank, I feel like it's kind of getting looked over here. Um, 
But I don't know. Maybe it's. I feel like it's going to be the runner up to a lot of awards, and I'd like to see it win something. So maybe it takes editing here. I think um, a lot of these are, are would be worth worthy winners. Um, yeah. Can you speak to speak to the editing of the father? I have seen the father, so we can no longer say I haven't seen the father. The father. But the father. I haven't seen the father. I don't know. I didn't think it's a very interesting movie by the way that. His because he's got dementia and so the scenes kind of loop around. Yeah, and the way that they're able to run that pacing is is interesting and kind of the story folds in on itself at different times. So there is some skill there with the editing, obviously, but I think that the other movies are stronger. Okay, all right, cool. Um, yeah, Trials Chicago Seven versus Sound of Metal. Be interesting to see how that shakes out. And then uh, the next one here, I. I <laughs> I'm still kind of undecided. Best documentary feature, uh, My Octopus Teacher, Time, Collective, Crip Camp, The Mole Agent. I've seen all of these, and I really don't hey, this know. This is where you – yeah, that's where you screw up is because you always see everything, and it, it <laughs> gets in your way. Yeah. I I like all of these documentaries. I, I'm a big fan of, uh, of the nominees in this category usually um, on any given year. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a little bit of a flyer here. I'm gonna pick time. Wow. Wow. Okay, that is a definitely a flyer. I've only seen one of them, which was Octopus Teacher, and I thought it was a sweet movie. And so I went with Octopus Teacher. And again, the visibility that we were talking about with the live action and animated shorts, I think, helps here as well. So I went with Octopus Teacher. Yeah, it's definitely the favorite. I just think that time was really well made it's about uh it's uh, it's pretty timely as well it's it kind of documents the uh the struggle of a wife trying to reunite reunite her family with their jailed father um mm, and that does sound interesting uh, and it's all kind of like you know footage from you know from 20 years of just kind of like home video footage that it's done in black and white and uh should have been nominated for an eddie <laughs> yeah um it was really cool but um yeah so that that's kind of my shot in the dark there i kind of i don't my actress my actress teacher is sweet i've seen much better kind of nature documentaries made um i know this is kind of like the feel-good pick here and it's probably likely to win but i'm just uh i just wanted to throw a vote there for what i think was the best and Crip- good good on you yeah. you have you have your morals, right? And even if bucket shitting is on the line, you're still going to <laughs> yeah. vote for the movie you think is most deserving. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, all right, cool. Well, let's polish up the shorts here with the best documentary short. Uh, we got A Love Song for Latasha. You can find that on Netflix. Uh, Concerto mm-hmm. is a conversation. Do Not Split, Co- Colette, and Hunger Ward. Uh, I guess I haven't seen... I, I've only seen a love song for Latasha, but the other ones seem like the really tough hangs, uh, pretty brutal subjects here. Um, I'm gonna go with a love song for Latasha. Okay, yeah, I was between that and Colette. Um, just for the sake of us not having too much of the same ballot, I will go with Colette there. Okay. So that's what I was. That was my first instinct, anyway. So I'm not just going off of you've said this, so I'm going there. So was that that was your favorite or the one that you think? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they both were really strong. So yeah, uh, I like kind of the because there's a little bit of animation in the a love song. 
it kind of tells the story of a uh, this this girl who was shot in uh, <laughs> shot for buying orange juice um, yeah. by like a store owner um, who I guess had pulled her gun on multiple people before. It, it sounds insane, um, you know, for being like a dollar short or something like that. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's kind of like her friends are kind of retelling or talking about her and kind of talking about her life a little bit. And then it's essentially animated over their, um, their voiceover. Um, just kind of, it, it's kind of cool what it does. It's, I've never seen, I mean, they're doing a lot with kind of a little there. Um, so yeah, I thought that one was, was pretty interesting. Um, all right. So what we got next, uh, one of my favorite categories, best cinematography. Yes. Uh, the nominees are Nomadland, Mank, News of the World, Judas and the Black Messiah, and The Trial of the Chicago 7. So that's really interesting that we haven't said Nomadland yet mm-hmm. because I think it isn't really going to win, at least according to us, a lot of these smaller technical ones. But as we climb the ladder in terms of big ticket, we'll start to hear Nomadland come out a lot. I think a lot of the scenic scapes that they were able to, you know, just almost paint a beautiful picture with that camera of Nomadland. I I just think this one stands above the other ones. Yeah. Um, And I I have to correct myself here. The cinematographer on Nomadland was Joshua James Richards. Um, I got confused with the, the writing of this film, but um, yeah, so I'm going Nomadland as well. The cinematography is my favorite part about this movie um, or one of, and I think this is, uh, this is hands down the the best that we're, that we have here. Um, Yeah. I guess you can make a case for Mank perhaps. Uh, Maybe we'll look back and, uh, and uh, the cinematography on this movie will be more revered. Um, But yeah, I'm going to go with Nomadland. Um, all right, so let's see what we got next. Uh, let's go uh, the supporting actor actresses categories. Ooh, I thought you were going to go with the screenplays, but we'll go supporting actress. I mean, we'll go supporting and then we'll do screenplays. So, yeah, get into the big okay. tickets. Um, best supporting actress, you young, how do you say her name? <laughs> you just, I want you to try it. You, 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 Jung Yoon. I, th- I killed th- it. Yeah, I think that's it. And then, uh, for Minari. Maria Bakalova, more, uh, Borat's subsequent movie film. Glenn Close, Hillbilly Elegy. Olivia Coleman, The Father. Amanda Seyfried, Mank. Um, where are you going here, Bob? Let me do a who I want to win and who will win. I want Amanda Seyfried to win. Okay. I think that the grandma in Minari will win. And she's really been kind of cleaning up yep. in this little race here. Uh, all the pre-awards, so... Yu Jung Yoon. Yu Jung Yoon. For Minari. Yeah. I, I believe will win. I, I'm going to go with that as well. I actually really like her in, in the movie. I think it, she provides such a, uh, a kind of a comic foil. Uh, really, uh, She kind of sparks the movie. Her relationship with the grandson is really fun. Yeah. I think that's kind of the heart of the film, actually. Um, and, it's not a penis. It's yeah, a ding dong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she kind of steals it. I, I think she's great. Um. Uh, but I, I could see anyone winning. I mean, Amanda Seyfried was kind of like the odds-on favorite at the beginning. Um, everything, Everyone kind of thought that that's where Mank would, would see some hardware. Olivia Coleman, you can never kind of count out here. I, imagine if she beat Glenn Close again. Um, that would be sad. That would be kind of funny. What, I actually don't count out Glenn Close. If they want to get super weird and go with the career award, they could go Glenn Close here. But I just I think that the... The momentum is too strong. Yeah, for Minari. 
I mean, yeah, she lost out for the the career award for the wife fucker. Um, yeah, the wife fucker, <laughs> or, or just the wife. There's the wife. Oh, sorry. That's yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Right, right. Um, all right, cool. So then we got uh, supporting actor award. This feels like uh, pretty much a lock here. Um, but uh, I mean, so we, oh, here it is: Daniel Kalula, Judas and the Black Messiah, Paul Racy, Sound of Metal. Sasha Baron Cohen, Trial of Chicago 7, Leslie Odom Jr., One Night in Miami, Lakeith Stanfield, Judas and the Black Messiah. Daniel Kailua. Yeah. I mean, he's won everything on the way up to it. He deserves to win. Lakeith Stanfield being in this category is silly. I hope it doesn't steal votes from him. I think Sasha Baron Cohen as a second option but I, I really think it's going to uh, be Daniel Kailua. I think Paul Racy is the only shot of an upset uh, sound of metal. A lot of people kind of talking yeah. about that. Um, I'm not sure if he's won any awards along the way, but uh, people are kind of definitely praising that from what I've heard. But yeah, Daniel Kailua, uh, one of the but the tightest locks uh, on the on the whole ceremony. So excited to see him get, get awarded. He's a great actor. Um, all right, cool. So let's jump down to the screenplay. It's one of my favorite category. Uh, Our favorite categories. Usually, a really sound collection of nominees. They're like you know, uh, they're usually all kind of in play for best picture, or they're kind of like the true best picture contenders, um, and that sort the of. The ones thing. that stand the test of time are typically on this list. Yeah. When we look back in ten years, these will be the movies that we still have affection for. All right. So. Yeah, exactly. All right. So, so original screenplay, Judas and the Black Messiah, Minari, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and Trial of the Chicago 7. Um, your, your girls here, Emerald Fennel, Promising Young Woman. Is that where you're going? Promising Young Woman, a strong woman, Emerald Fennel. And I think this is an opportunity to reward her for making a fantastic movie. Uh, as you guys all know, of anyone that follows this podcast, one of my top favorite movies this year. Mm-hmm. I think the script is awesome, and that is where I'm going. With special shout-out to Judas and the Black Messiah, I think that uh, was a very strong script. And, of course, Sarkin with Chicago 7. I mean, it's just he's sometimes competing against himself when it comes to top scripts because he writes so many fantastic ones. Yeah. So, Promising Young Woman is where I would like to go, though. Solid list up and down. Um, I... I... You know, any one of these I think is deserving. I'm gonna go promising young woman, promising young strong woman, uh, as well. Promising young strong woman, <laughs> and her husband, PC principal. Yeah. Okay, now listen up. Okay, we're look- gonna have a promising young woman showing now. Can we? Pl- Everyone better shut up and we'll listen up. Can we please have PC principal like uh, via a, a hologram at the Oscars kind of <laughs> give out this? She should be the host. Okay, everyone, listen up now. All right, everybody, listen up. Uh, the next category is original screenplay. Uh, Promising young woman. Uh, that'd be hilarious. Okay, uh, <laughs> and completely not gonna happen. Uh, adapted <laughs> screenplay here. Borat, subsequent movie film. A hundred people uh, have written this, so I'm not gonna read all those. Uh, but yeah, you got The Father, Nomad Land, written by Chloe, Chloe Zhao, One Night Miami, Ken Powers, The White Tiger, which was a cool one. That's on Netflix. Uh, recommend that. Um, so yeah, adapted screenplays here. Where you going, Bob? Nomad Land. Yeah. I think it's going to – I think people's affection for the movie is obviously well stated, and I think they'll reward the script as well. And whether it was actual people improvising or um, whether it was actually scripted, I think some of the conversations are just 
so natural and flowing and fit with the story so well. No Man Land. Yeah. Uh, I've actually read the book um, after seeing the movie and then rewatching the movie. So I did a deep dive into this category. Um, but the book was great, uh, and the adaptation of it is awesome. Um, and, yeah, just what they're able to achieve and kind of bringing in the the people, almost like a documentary meets uh, uh, narrative structure and how Francis McDormand really grounds all of that and just incredible. Um, I Do you think Borat is going to sneak in into any of these categories? A, a lot of people, I mean, it won a few awards uh, here. Yeah, I I don't. I I think it's a nice movie. I just don't understand what's so this is a celebrating achievement in filmmaking and I think it's a nice movie and it has good political satire, but I I don't really see it being an achievement in script. Yeah. Yeah, no, I just uh, there's been some buzz and it seems to be uh yeah. I I don't know. Uh, let's see. It's it's kind of the I'm I'm looking at the odds here and it's kind of third in line. Uh, but uh, the father seems to be the uh, the the kind of the the runner up odds on favorite. Okay. But anyway, all right, we're both on Nomadland. Um, let's go to the best actress. Uh, one of the one of the star. This, so this is gonna make or break a lot of ballots here. Yeah. Um, and it's really a three horse race. You got Carrie Mulligan, Promising Woman, Viola Davis, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Frances McDormand, Nomadland. Andrea Day, United States of Billy Holiday versus Billy Holiday, and Vanessa Kirby, Pieces of a Woman. So we're we're already locked in on this one. We we we've locked yeah. in our picks for an extra so, two points. Yeah. So for anyone that's trying to figure out why we're already locked in, we made a rule at the beginning of the year that we want to reward someone quote calling it when they see a movie and knowing that someone or something will win an award. So if you lock that in. In the moment of that movie or of, of the time we reviewed that movie, you can earn an extra two points on your ballot. Mm-hmm. So I locked in Carrie Mulligan after I had seen Promising Young Woman and Matt locked in before the award season, Frances McDormand for Nomadland. So both of us are locked in. We could not change that despite anything that's happened in the lead up to the Oscars. Yeah, and... Uh... And because Nomadland kind of released almost like the day of the Golden Globes, it was a little tight. I, I just wanted to join you in the category. I probably would have locked it in for Best Picture, Best Director, um, had I given it more thought. But anyway, um, there we go. We're both we're both there. And and it would be funny if Viola Davis wins. <laughs> yeah, because <it> just <laughs> mute point. <laughs> because she's kind of that's what I might be hoping for now. Because it's not looking like Carrie Mulligan's going to win this. I she's the favorite. I think. I mean, she, she, she hasn't she hasn't taken a lot of awards in the lead up, but uh, from all I've heard, it's she's kind of the favorite. I know Viola Davis took the SAG, which is the largest voting block of the Academy. So but she's all she's won the SAG almost every time. Every time she's been on the ballot for the SAG, she's won the award. Yeah, because actors like love, love Viola Davis. I just think Frances McDormand as like the I've said this already. She's like the point guard of the film. She's kind of she's she's an Academy Award winning actress having a scene that's incredibly emotionally uh, with emotional depth with like a person that's never acted before. Like in order to yeah with Bob Santa Claus yeah. I don't know how you can do that. Can you imagine, like, 
showing up to it like a scene study class per, someone taking taking it for the first time and you're you've just won an oscar and you're 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 acting yeah. with these I, it's just supreme confidence and also pushing yourself and your boundaries right it's like fuck it i'll let, i'll have an amazing scene with someone that's never even done this before and i'll be supportive enough to them to pull an incredible performance out of them yeah i i'm i'm big on fresh and dormant i don't I'm not super confident. So of all the Nomadland picks, I'm the least confident in Frances McDormand winning. Um, well, she also doesn't give a fuck about winning. Yeah. She's like also she, won twice. So this would be her yeah, third she, Oscar. And she's not out here to impress anyone or to win Oscars. She just – and so she's, she's she hasn't really done much campaigning from what I can tell. And um, So it's, it's, it's interesting. I think she'd much rather win for her producing credit on the film than win for the yeah. acting award. What's, what's, what's pretty cool is that she brought this together. So she brought Chloe Zhao to the project. So she probably read the Incredible. book and was like, this is me. She brings Chloe Zhao in. Chloe Zhao then makes it like, I mean, totally takes over, writes the adaptation, directs, blah, blah, blah. Uh, it's just a cool story of, uh, but Frances McDormand was the grounding force. She's the linchpin that kind of made this this whole thing come together. And obviously, she's a big name, and that's kind of what you need to get and it it's made. It's also just an incredible performance. Yeah, she fucking. I mean, quite honestly, if I was voting today, Matt, I would probably pick Frances McDormand. That's funny. If I if uh, I was voting I today, love Carrie Mulligan. If I was voting today, I think I would vote Carrie Mulligan. Oh my god. <laughs> Well, we're both like this. I mean, I've I've been a big cheerleader for Carrie Mulligan, and I think she's great in the movie, and I love that movie so much. But we'll we'll see here. When I say I would pick her, I would I would I think she will win. I would oh, okay. still I still think Frances McDormand is the best performance. Um, but anyway, and then um, let's go to best actor. So this one could get interesting, although it feels a little locky. Uh, we've got uh, Gary Oldman for Mank, Stephen Yoon for Minari. Riz Ahmed, Sound of Metal, Anthony Hopkins, The Father, Chadwick Boseman, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Uh, I have not seen The Father. You have. A lot of people are saying it's Anthony Hopkins' best work. He's one of our best actors we have, and this is his best thing he's done. Do you think he gets the award for it? No, I think it's Chadwick Boseman. I think Chadwick Boseman is a more electrifying performance. I think that it has a more of a range I don't know. Maybe that's that's tough to say. Anthony Hopkins is really good. Range is hard to put a label on, so I'll just walk that back. But Anthony Hopkins is really good, and it's a really emotional movie. It's sometimes terrifying. He is really good at walking you through the panic and the fear in that movie. It's obviously very simple and vulnerable as well so i mean he's 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 fantastic in it but i just those those bozeman monologues that he has in that movie yeah also it's just it it has more timely themes and i i i think that it's 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 very close but bozeman's performance was a little more electric so uh, and I, I think the the narrative of the posthumous award, I mean, uh, Chadwick Boseman is such an incredible person. This is a great performance. I think people were devastated to hear about his battle with cancer and his passing. I think it's it's def. I I'm gonna put him on my ballot as well. Um, I think Riz Ahmed is definitely deserving of a nomination. I um, and it's incredible. Uh, a lot of people have him as their favorite here. So definitely not a dark horse, uh, but I just. The narrative of going away from Chadwick Boseman with such a deserving performance, I, I, it's hard for me yeah. to envision. 
That's why it's good, and that's something that me and Barry talked about when we talked about this movie. But I think he's gonna win not just because of the posthumous part of the the role, but just because he's fantastic in it. And I think if he was alive and with us, I would still be putting him on the ballot. I truly believe that. Yeah. And uh, Anthony Hopkins is very nice. It's it's a movie about dementia, and I think he is incredible in the movie. But that that's what happens a lot with these, right? Where you're just kind of splitting hairs between five incredible performances. I I would still go with Bozeman. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. It's a, a ringing endorsement there, people. Uh, let's just go back and pick up animated feature film real quick. The nominees: Wolf Walkers, A Shaun of the Sheep movie, Farmageddon. Although I do love those. Um, <laughs> uh, Wallace and Gromit uh, movies but Over the Moon Onward which is kind of a fun Pixar movie the winner here is of course going to be Soul yep and production design do you also have Mank for production design oh production design right uh, production design I do have Mank as well okay so uh, we're locked in on both we can keep nominees nominees The Father Ma Rainey's Black Bottom Mank News of the World and Tenet uh, I mean, actually, real quick, I mean, Tenant could sneak in here. Uh, I mean, production design is creating a world. And, I mean, what's 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 cooler than what they did at Tenant? I mean, uh, but, yeah, you're going Mank as well? Yeah, that whole 1920s backlot, or not, not 1920s, but, you know, it was a 1940s backlot Hollywood. Hollywood loves the smell of its own farts. Uh-huh. It's it's too it's too ready for it, and it was, it was also cool. It was a huge element of that movie was just the setting. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so but I, I think Mank is kind of the odds-on favorite here as well. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, let's move on. Um, so yeah, the the big guys we got uh, we got best director here. Um, this is gonna. The nominees are another round: Thomas Vinterberg, Mank, David Fincher, Minari, Lee Isaac Chung, Nomadland, Chloe Zhao, Promising Young Woman, Emerald Fennel. Uh, directing is usually five nominees. Os- or best picture is usually ten, but you can kind of find out who the who the, the real yeah the top are. fives are by looking at directing. Um, I'm going with Nomadland. I assume you are as well, unless yes, okay. yes, yes. Chloe Zhao, Nomadland. If you had to pick a second, let's do a let's do a half pointer here, a tiebreaker point. Oh, uh, if you had to pick a second here, who would it be? Well, how how do we know who's gonna come in second though? Or yeah, if you had to pick a different winner besides Chloe Zhao. Yeah. Um, I mean, this is... I don't think anyone else wins this award. Uh, but if I had to pick... Man, maybe... I guess Mank. I got David Fincher. I just love him as a director. I, it's crazy he hasn't won an Oscar. Yeah. Um, I would give it to him, even though it's people just aren't really into this movie uh, for some reason. But, uh, I, I, man... Yeah, I guess David Fincher, although I really want to go with Thomas Vinterberg as well. Yeah, that would be funny, Vinterberg. Yeah, I would I would actually say Emerald Fennel. So yeah. if one of those wins, uh, we can pick up a half point there, I guess, uh, if one of our, our secondary picks wins. So. Uh, yeah, cool. That would uh, that'd be kind of fun to see a little upset there. Um, I it, mean, it's it's got to be Chloe Zhao, though. Yeah. Uh, that would just be a travesty if she <laughs> didn't win director. I know. She won, the, she won the directing award at the Directors Guild. I mean, she's she's going to win. But it was just kind of funny to, to see if, if she, had Nomadland never been made, who, where would we have gone? Yeah, exactly. Um, and I, I'm going David Fincher. You're going Emerald Fennel. 
She definitely had some steam there for a while. I mean, you know, it's uh, she wrote the screenplay and then directed a really cool movie. And Carrie Mulligan seemed like a could could be in, in line for a triple headed award. I think it's looking like it's going to go another way, possibly mm-hmm. all three here. And then so best yeah. picture, the final award of the night, all the nominees. We got The Father, Sound of Metal, Mank, Judas and the Black Messiah, Promising Young Woman, Minari, Trial of the Chicago 7, and Nomadland, my favorite movie of the year. I'm going with Nomadland. I'm also going with Nomadland, which is the best movie this year. Yeah. So last year I picked a movie that I didn't believe was the best movie of the year, but I thought would win in 1917. You stuck to your guns, and you went with Parasite, and you got that correct, but you were so poor in the technical (laughs) elements that you ended up singing at the karaoke. So this year both of us are picking... Well, who we what we believe is the best movie, which is Nomadland. And if Nomadland wasn't made, what would you what would you pick? If Nomadland wasn't made, I would be picking Promising Young Woman. Yeah, I think, I think I would go with Trial of Chicago Seven. Uh, it's a very wow. it's an Oscar-y movie. It's you know it's kind of a lot of yeah. a lot of star power. Aaron Sorkin, I think. Uh, uh, also I think time- Sorkin is currently and will forever be at his peak of writing, but I still think he's he hasn't reached the summit on both directing and writing at the same time. That's might come eventually, yeah. but this movie is, is still climbing the ladder in that sense. So I also did like uh, Molly's game though. I thought he did a nice job writing and directing. Yeah. That. He's, he's growing as a director. Absolutely. Uh, well, cool, man. I think this, this uh, sets up a decent amount of drama for us. Yeah. You know, we're, it started off pretty. I was like, man, are we gonna have the same ballot here besides actress? But we below on the ballot and the technical elements, we've got some differentiators, and then uh, up top as well in some of the core categories. So there is drama, and of course, everyone's gonna be watching that best actress award. That huge points on the line. <laughs> huge points. Uh, yeah, it's like getting uh, best. It's like getting the best picture right three times over. Um, yeah, pretty much. So. But, uh, I mean, what would be funny if Viola Davis wins and we're, we're kind of really on level ground there. So no one, yeah. no, no one gets any <laughs> Then it comes back to the text again. So. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I – um, and that's also that's also where the drama of the night is. I think everything else is pretty locky for the big awards and the other awards no one really is that interested in. But, for yeah, for the first time in a while, it's – I mean, I, and also Glenn Close in the run-up to The Wife was, was a huge favorite. Olivia Coleman kind of took her down – uh, with a favorite, which was a fun sort of upset, although be it deserving. But mm-hmm. yeah, so uh, yeah, it's, it's good to get a, a three-horse race here uh, on a major award for the first time in what feels like a, a while. Um, Absolutely. Even if maybe like No Man Land might kind of clean up the, the big stuff, uh, we do have some some drama here. So yeah, thanks for sticking with us, guys. And uh, yeah, uh, I look forward to Bob shitting in a bucket in our field. <laughs> He's... Your shit's going to be 18 Kuriks. <laughs> it's going to be in a bucket. All right, everybody. Don't forget to wash your hands, like, and subscribe. Stay safe. And we'll talk to you after the Oscars. Bye. Bye. Bye.